Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Mistress Mia's Dungeon. I'm your hostess, Mistress Mia, and you know my big mouth bass, my wild hair, my crazy man, Master John! I'm a fish! <laughs> <laughs> big mouth bass, what the fuck? Are you okay today? Yes, a little okay. bit. Okay. Anywho, so tonight we have a special <laughs> guest. I'm going to let you do the introductions for yourself. Tell us what you want us to call a, call you tonight. Excuse me. <laughs> You're rather just special. Just don't call me late for dinner. Uh, my name is John, also known in the kink world as Hi There Catsuit. And I am the host of the podcast, What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. All right. Well, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, and it's an honor to be here. Hey, the honor is all of ours, honestly. We're so thankful that you came on the show, John, truly. I love being the host, but I love being the guest just as much. So I'm <laughs> ready for any questions you might have, because heaven knows I've sent a few questions my, towards the guests, and they're going like, what in the world was that? But that's part of the fun of doing podcasts now, isn't it? All right. <laughs> So tell us a little bit how you got started into the kink world and into podcasting. Kink world started back before I even knew what sex existed uh, or what sex was. <laughs> I was three years old watching the original Batman on ABC on Wednesday and Thursday nights uh, back when I was three years old. And when they had it in reruns when I was in puberty, I had no idea what was going on in my nether regions down there, so to speak. <laughs> and suddenly something came out of my penis and I didn't know what it was. And it was while I was watching Catwoman seduce Batman. And then the next time it happened, it was Batgirl getting tied up. And the next time it happened, it was Emma Peel being tied to some train tracks on the Avengers, the old British series. <laughs> And by the time I figured out what it was, I think I was pretty much imprinted. So uh, <laughs> I went through the next 30 years of my life going, am I ever going to be normal? No, I love this stuff. Am I ever going to be normal? I love this stuff. And binging and purging <laughs> uh, bondage magazines, leotards and tights and all sorts of stuff. And then I got involved in a 20-year marriage where I was kink-shamed from the get-go. And I still married her, and the marriage lasted 20 years, followed by a seven-year separation. And during that separation, I knew that there wasn't a chance of it getting back together. So I decided that I'm going to live my best kink life that I can and developed a kink family in Cleveland, Ohio that is to this day my dearest friends in the kink world. I have a woman I call my queen, and she calls me her knight, and I'll explain that more later if you want to know about it. That is my most special kink friend in the world and is my best friend in the world as well. And then when I started the podcast, it came from a conversation that I was having with Nookie Notes, who has been a guest on your podcast. Yeah. And the conversation was, I keep having all my friends telling me they're receiving unsolicited dick pics. <laughs> and I went, what is it about men that think that unsolicited dick pics are going to actually get them anywhere? And I said, Nookie, 
what do women want? Hold on. I think we have a podcast. (laughs) And that is how the podcast started. Because I wanted to do something for Dating Kinky. I had done some online webinars for them. I come from a television background of 35 years. So I love broadcasting. And I wanted to keep that creative interviewing mode going. So I asked Nookie if I could start this podcast. Well, after about the first eight episodes of how you connect with people, I discovered that the most interesting connection people have is the connection they have with themselves, their authenticity, what makes them who they are. And that has been the joy of our podcast, getting to know people who are seen in one way, whether it be fetish model, pro-dom, educator, actress, athlete, and getting to know what it is inside of them that makes them who they are. Not just the character, but how it drives them as a human being. And it's been amazing. We've had over 130 episodes. We start season three on September 20th with Maitland Ward, who went from being an actress on The Bold and the Beautiful and Rachel on Boy Meets World and is now a porn actress and happier than she's ever been. That's great. That's amazing. So during the course of our podcast, we've we've interviewed people and we've we've talked about a lot of different subjects and we've found that being kinky is a lot more normal than what people think it is. And you just said I had I was kink shamed and am I normal but I like it, am I normal but I like it. So doing the podcast and talking with all these people, have you found that you're able to accept your kinky side as being normal more so now than you did when you were younger? Actually, what I say is there is no normal. Normal is defined by the person themselves. It's what they feel. It's what they're comfortable with. And I have come out, totally come out as kinky. As a matter of fact, I even a couple of weeks ago on the podcast came out as gender fluid, something that I had been feeling all my life but couldn't put a word to it. And that being able to be authentic, being able to be out to all my friends and even some of my coworkers who go, John, we're not into that, but you do you and we love you for it. Uh, Being able to be my authentic self has been the greatest moment of my life. I just got back from FetishCon in St. Petersburg, Florida, and I had the time of my life because suddenly John wasn't a spectator. John was one of them. And Catsuit was one of them. And I felt like I was part of something bigger. And not that I ever want my head to get big because I lost my ego many years ago. And I think that's what helped me become so open and being kinky is the fact that I proudly carry the banner of kink and fetish and wanting people to understand it more, which is why I do the podcast, because they will hear a part of a story or a part of an interview that anybody can relate to. It doesn't matter if you're kinky or not. And so the magic of that kind of interview and that kind of podcast means there is no normal. 
Normal is only defined by others how they see you. Only you can define what is right for you, whether it's normal or not, or just you. Tell us about your kink relationship you were talking about earlier. You said you have a queen and you're her knight. I have only been in a dynamic for like two months. Uh, and it was something that ended very sadly because, uh, unfortunately, I got ghosted. You never want to be ghosted by somebody who you're working with. Never a good thing. Wow. But back when I first came out and said, I want kink to be a part of my life, I was introduced to a amazing woman by the name of Brittany. Her kink name is Lady Catalyst. And at the time that I met her, and this is about, I guess it's been about five years ago, um, she was in a poly relationship with a man and a woman. And so I just talked to her and got to know her a little bit. And for some reason, we seemed to hit it off as friends. And over the next year, we both went through ups and downs that we couldn't have imagined. She went through breakups. I went through depression, loss of a job, all sorts of things that really can make one anxious, obviously. And so we realized that we could always rely on each other. And so at Winter Wickedness, which was the last big kink event that happened in Ohio just before COVID, she held a ceremony in the middle of all of our friends in the middle of just outside the dungeon and did a knighting ceremony and asked me to get on one knee, repeat vows back to her that basically said, I will cherish my relationship with her and learn to grow in both vanilla and the chocolate. And that was beautiful to be able to be a part of. And afterward, and we declared our love for each other. Immediately, both of us were bombarded with how long have y'all been going out? Do you all have sex? Have you been dating long? How do you have time to date when you're in Columbus and she's uh, you're in uh, Cleveland and she's in Columbus? Uh, are you going to change your relationship status? And we were all like, <laughs> hold on. We simply love each other. That's it. We're each other's best friend. We would do anything for each other. She, as the queen, needed a knight to stand by her or stand in front of her if she needs to be protected or stand behind her if she feels threatened. She needed somebody that she could count on. And I needed somebody that I could look up to and would always be there for me. So now, to people who are in the outside world, like the vanilla world, when I go dating, I said, I have a non-negotiable in my life, and it is Brittany. And when she dates people, she has a non-negotiable in her life, which is me. We aren't romantically uh, attached to each other. 
we don't even we're not even sexually attracted to each other but we're platonically romantic or romantically platonic whichever you want to call it and so we share beautiful intimate moments in kink and i have grown from this simple sensation guy who like cat suits into an impact player where she's going, I need to figure out how to beat you more because you keep taking more and more every time I play with you. <laughs> and I don't know what your pain scale is anymore because it keeps moving. <laughs> she's my best friend. She's the first person I text in the morning, the last person I text at night. And I am honored to be loved by her and I'm honored to love her. Wow, that's beautiful. That might be the most beautiful way I've ever heard anybody express a dynamic before. It really is. That's touching. Wow. So how did you and Brittany meet? We met at uh, through a kick group, which was uh, run by a friend of mine who I had met in Cincinnati. And I had met him in the most amazing way because... He was co-topping with a friend of mine here in Cincinnati at a small dungeon. And I saw him and he had his girlfriend and uh, submissive there with him. And he was beating the heck out of her in a kinky way. And I went up to him afterwards um, and said, that was interesting. I've never seen anything like that before. And then he, my friend who was co-topping with him was being topped by him and being caned by him because she wanted to understand what caning was about. And I am wincing at every strike. And I'm wanting to go save my friend because that's who I am. But I knew that this is what she wanted. And I looked at her and I said, are you okay? And she goes, mm-hmm. And I went up and I said his name and I said, you scare the living shit out of me. I don't understand why you do what you do. He says, one second. He brings his girlfriend over to me and says, explain to John what I do for you. And she says, he makes me focus. My mind is an absolute whirlwind of thoughts and constantly worrying about everything and, and not being able to pay attention to anything. And he brings my life into focus. And when I'm able to feel pain from him, I am able to feel the reality that allows me to focus on what is important in my life. And I went, wow. So at that moment, I understood what uh, sadism is. I understood what masochism was. I understand that people use pain to process what they can't understand, something that I would learn to do myself. When I had a scene and I looked at somebody and I said, you can't hit me hard enough. And I had only been doing impact for two scenes because I wanted to feel something real. I was going through a massive depression and my mind was all over the place and I wanted to feel something real. 
and my friend took me to that place. And I went back to that day and that night in Cincinnati and remembered what his girlfriend told me. And so I have tried to educate myself as to what kink means to different people. I know what it means to me. To be stuck in a moment I can't get out of is the greatest thing in the world because I am addicted not to sexual aspects of kink, but I am addicted to being in the moment. Because the first time I ever had a scene, a public scene in Texas with a wonderful woman named um, Secret Vixen who was doming me that night, and it was the first time I ever had a scene. She tied me down where I couldn't move. She had me in my cat suit, and she was actually doing some CBT on me, and I had no idea what CBT was. <laughs> you figured and out. She was, she was putting clothespins on different things, and I'm going, well, this is interesting, but oh, my God, I can't move. <laughs> I don't have a choice. I am here. And after it was about a 45-minute scene, she untied me. She let me up from the bondage table, and I sat up in my cat suit, and I started sobbing uncontrollably. And she said, did I do something wrong? I said, oh, God, no, you did everything right. And she goes, why are you crying? And I said, because I just realized that for the first time in more than a dozen years, I wasn't thinking about what I had to do or what I had already done, I was simply in a moment. And I hadn't felt that in my life. I, I, my marriage was falling apart. My work life seemed like it was teetering and I didn't know what was going on. I was totally stressed out all the time. And I found the one thing that made me go, John, you are here. You don't have to be anywhere else. And to me, that's powerful. And that is the drug that I go after. That is the, uh, I don't drink. I've never done drugs. I've never even smoked marijuana. So I have no self-medication. Kink is my go-to to be able to get away from it all. So when it's been a long time since I've had a scene, I get a little antsy. Absolutely, I get a little antsy. But, oh, my gosh, the moments when I am bound or I am being flogged or hit or sensory deprivation or whatever, those moments where I can just be most beautiful moments in the world. Yeah, I get a little romantic about it, don't I? <laughs> that was that was a great answer. Holy cow. Yeah. Give me tingles. <laughs> <laughs> That's fabulous. So we talk to a lot of people and it's difficult a lot of times to articulate what you just articulated. So thank you very much. It's my so, pleasure. So you, you do this also, you do your podcast and you interview people. What are some of your most memorable moments on your podcast? Things that you've learned by, from talking to other people. I think the two most memorable moments were one that I shared with a woman by the name of uh, Hutsey Brook who used to go by the name of Hutsey Hahn, who is one of the most famous professional dominatrices in Los Angeles. 
She was the subject of E's Real Fifty Shades of Grey. She also did a video that went super viral called The Try Guys, Try BDSM. And she was a singer that had actually opened up for the Pointer Sisters. She sang at Disneyland during the day and was a pro-dom at night. And she had achieved such fame. I mean, she would host uh, things at the AVN Awards and DomCon where she was the personality. She was the face of BDSM. And COVID happens. And she moves out and starts a relationship and moves overseas. And things didn't work out. And she lost everything and had to come back. Every one of her latex outfits, every one of her floggers, everything that made her Hutsy Hawn. And she ended up cleaning people's houses. Imagine going from one of the most famous pro-doms and personalities to cleaning houses in Colorado. And she said, Catsuit, it cleaned my soul. I remembered who I was. It allowed me to get back to being Hutsy Brooke the person that was behind the character of Hutsy Haunt. And I'm happy to say that she is back to singing, back to performing. I'm sure she has a little kink along the way, but she's living her authentic life and it's beautiful. The other one was I had booked a woman by the name of Lady Vi, a Seattle pro dom who's also known as the Satanatrix, pretty well known in the Pacific Northwest and also known for her social media because she's outrageous. And she was hired to go do a fetish film down in New Orleans, Louisiana, along with another pro-dom. And she was hired by a Catholic priest who had made arrangements to use his church to shoot a fetish video in the middle of the night, covered all the windows, made sure everything was right. And a nosy neighbor comes by while they are having their scene on the altar and was able to peek in through a hole in the door or something and saw the lights on and called the police. And Lady Vi went from being a pro-dominatrix and fetish model to being arrested for a hate crime, which can put you away for a long time. And so she faced this fear in a trial that kept being pushed back and pushed back because of COVID. So for two years, she had no idea if she'd be spending 20 years in jail or if they could work out something. I'm happy to say they worked out something because somebody wanted to make a political example out of her and this other pro-dom. Now, Satanatrix has a very intense life, very amazing way that she does her doming, very dark, sometimes very bloody. 
And I interviewed her not only about what happened on that day, on the very first day she could talk about it, her lawyer allowed her to do that. But then we talked about what made her her. And she wrote me a note after the episode aired and said, John, my mom listened to the episode. And for the first time ever, she understands why I do what I do. Now I started crying. <laughs> because to be able to do that for somebody, to be able to paint a picture that is so beautiful that the mother goes, I get why my daughter lives the way she does. I can't think of anything better that I could have done. And so those two are the ones that are most memorable. And then I would have to add a third. And that is when I came out on my podcast as gender fluid with the help of another gender fluid, amazing person that has inspired me to do so many good things for me. And she helped me through the conversation. And I use she because that is one of the pronouns that she uses. I still use he. I use they as well if somebody's more comfortable with that. And we even talked about pronouns. And, and she said to me, your pronoun is what you want to be. She goes, however people see me, whatever it is, that's what I am to them. And I said, my big thing is I've never seen myself as a female. I've never had body dysmorphia. But damn it, I'm not everything that makes up a male. I have a different way of thinking. I have a kindness and empathy about me that is rare for the male spe species. And I think of orgasms in a female way and get very little pleasure from the male orgasm in just simply doing it. Sometimes you need a release, but to be able to come to the realization that the reason I have a rough time wondering if I'm going to put on nylon underwear or cotton underwear in the morning, depending upon how I feel, that was something that was a total discovery for me. And so I chose the podcast. I had actually done something on FET that my friends saw, but I chose the podcast as a, a way to, to do it because my audience knows that I am 100% an open book, 100% honest with them. I've often said I am the ultimate truth or dare player because you can never challenge me with a truth that I won't answer back <laughs> because I'm not scared anymore. I know yeah. you all laugh. Uh, you all usually laugh a lot during your podcast. You're not <laughs> laughing too much. And We're so not laughing. Good. No, this is great. I'm enjoying uh, this. I yeah, I'm, I, I'm hoping that I'm at least bringing a smile to some of your listeners' faces and to your faces because I do appreciate the opportunity to, to share my experiences. But I know each and every person who's listening has an experience that is special to them. And if one of my experiences resonates with them, that's a beautiful thing. And I'm, I'm happy to connect in that way. 
Isn't that why we do podcasts? Absolutely. Right. And I appreciate Heaven knows the- it's not the money. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I and appreciate to the, And to that end, I actually offer promos for my friends and people who have been on the, my podcast, or even if you haven't been on my podcast and I like you, I don't charge. I mean, I have a company that's talking about potentially being a sponsor. Dating Kinky is my presenting, uh, and they're not even a sponsor, but they pay for the production costs because Nookie knows that I bring such a positive light to what she's trying to do, and it very much fits in the model of what Dating Kinky is all about, which is education and dating, not just dating. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we love Nikki. We had her on a couple months ago. She's awesome. But yeah, I appreciate the fact that you're so genuine and so authentic because we try to do that too. You know, we do have a fun podcast and we laugh a lot, but we try to be really genuine about it and give people the space to be who they are, to have a, this safe space, to have a place to go where they can laugh at themselves and they can enjoy mm-hmm. the journey and we can talk about all these things and make it okay to be this way. So we really do appreciate it. But you did say it's it's a fun show. We like to laugh a lot. So what is one of your uh, fails? <laughs> you've A scene that you've done that just went crazy. And, and <laughs> I, no, I, I know exactly what it is. Um, it was in Cleveland. I was uh, doing a... It was a co-topping scene, and I leaned right while my friend's hand was moving left and ended up with a face slap (laughs) that was harder than ones that professional wrestlers used to give me. And I just winced. I just went, oh, God. (laughs) And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I said, it's it's okay. It's a little <laughs> shaking me up, but it's okay. Are you sure you're okay? I'm, I'm fine. I'll be okay. But <laughs> face slapping went on my hard limits. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, as far as... People playing with me, I have been very lucky in having some amazing scenes. I write about them. And if anybody wants to follow me on FetLife, please do. I save my friendships for people who have met me or I've been able to connect with in a very solid way. But I have written about nearly every one of my scenes. And I do it because I want to give thanks to the person who spent the time with me to do that scene. And the gift I want to give them is the fact that I was present for them. When I negotiate a scene, I say, here are some things that I like, but this is about what you want. So many people will try to top from the bottom and say, this is how I want the scene to go. And so what I like to do is I like to give a vision of it. I did the same thing when I was a television producer. You give a vision of it, which is, I like to be stuck in a moment I can't get out of. What does that mean to you? I do like impact. I like thuddy over stingy. 
but I want you to explore what makes you happy because this is about your taking me on a journey and us going on a journey together. Anybody who puts a laundry list out or tries to have somebody as a fetish dispenser is cheating both people because you never know what kind of thing that can be done that will suddenly make you go, oh, I like that a lot. <laughs> and so, that was the case with Impact with me. <laughs> so we got about five minutes left, but you played with one of our friends at FetCon. Mm-hmm. And she told us that that wasn't planned at all. You just got tied to a chair and asked people, anybody wanted to come up to come up and play. And she said she waited a few minutes and she came prancing across the room and said, I'll do it. So tell us a little bit about that. That went. <laughs> well, first of all, I was tied by shiny bound, who is arguably one of the best riggers in the, in the country and ties fetish models all the time. And so we had this party in my room. I had a, I was sharing a, a suite with a friend and he had to leave to go attend to a family emergency. So I had this huge room and I said to shiny, I said, it fits a rope rig in there. Why don't you bring it in and we'll have a party. <laughs> and I said, but there's one caveat. I need you to tie me up and make me watch everything. So I can say that I've been tied by shiny bound. He says, we can do that. But of course, as soon as I got tied, it was like, no, let's, Let's go play with John instead of having him watch everything. And so uh, the the lovely bunny came over. I don't know if she wants me to use her name, so I'll just call her the lovely bunny. Uh, <laughs> because she was dressed as a bunny. Came over and started trying to tickle me. Now, I am a former improviser and, and comedian, and it's hard to make me laugh. And it frustrated the hell out of her. <laughs> <laughs> So she proceeded to start beating on me. I have the bruises to prove them in my arm, on my <laughs> foot, on my thigh. Yeah, she does love bassinato. Yes, <laughs> she does. And then as I'm blindfolded, a, I, I'm feeling hair being... Uh, like a car wash over my face. And I'm like, this is interesting. And then suddenly I feel somebody on top of me and I can tell they're in a cat suit. And I'm like, oh, hi. And the blindfold comes off and suddenly somebody else comes up who's taking pictures and goes, well, I want to be a part of this. So suddenly I have three people on <laughs> playing with me at the same time. And I'm like, how did I deserve this? <laughs> So this will be your funny story that we'll leave on because it's so unlike me. So one of uh, one of them saw the woman in the cat suit smothering me and she goes, "You like being smothered?" and I said, "Well, that that part seemed fun." She goes, "Well, I have a different way to do it." And she got up on top of the chair and she sat down right on me. And she got up and she goes, "Take a deep breath." And then she sat down on me again. <laughs> And when she got off, she goes, did you like that? I said, I've lived 59 years and I've never had somebody do that. I'm still processing. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was beautiful. And so I appreciate everybody so much in that. That's, That's wonderful. great. Yeah. Well, so many people appreciate you. We love your podcast. Please tell everyone 
Exactly. The the title of your podcast. I like to hear you say it, honestly. It's you have such called, a presence, John. Thank you very much. It's called What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. You can find all the ways to follow us or listen to us at linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash What Women Want podcast. You can Perfect. find all our links there, and you can find me pretty much everywhere as Hi There Catsuit. I'm not on TikTok. I'm not on Snapchat, but I am on Instagram, FetLife, and Twitter. <laughs> and please feel free to follow. I love connecting with fans, and I love just enjoying their presence. All right. Well, thank you for coming and joining us We've tonight. enjoyed it immensely. It's been great. It really and truly has. Absolutely been my honor and best of luck to you as you continue your podcast journey. And who knows, maybe we'll have you over in our neighborhood sometime. That would be great. I already plan on coming to beat your ass in Ohio. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be Victory doing a is mine. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're adorable. Thank Just you. think you're adorable, John. Thank and you. I do visit Ohio. So look out. I'm coming for you. <laughs> That's my heart. (laughs) Until then. Until next time and until we make it to Ohio. Make all of your kinky fantasies become realities. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, John.